Hey y'all, hey. Are you drinking your water? Are you minding your business? I love to see it. I'm Angel Glassell. Welcome to my YouTube channel. This is Hydrated and Healed, a podcast series that combines a full glass of real life conversations with a nourishing splash of healing. There's so much chaos happening in the world and possibly in your personal life. But my goal is to help you navigate the chaos by staying hydrated and healed. So grab your water, grab your friends, grab your business. And let's get to it, honey. Mm. Where have I been? Lifing. Between teaching, coaching, trying to figure out what's next in my life. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. You know... I'm going to be transparent. I feel like there's a shift that's about to happen in my life. And trying to navigate that can be extremely ghetto. Because there's so many ideas and thoughts running through your mind. And also, too, when you're just not happy. Oh, I'm airing it out. In a certain area of your life. And your spirit is just like really connected and intertwined in every aspect. Or let me say when the Holy Spirit is intertwined in every aspect of your life. There's definitely like some nudging that will happen and it'll just make you uncomfortable. So I'm I'm in an uncomfortable season right now because I know that I'm supposed to be doing something else. But just trying to navigate what that looks like is ghetto. I said all that to say, that's why it has taken me so long to um, come out with season two. But tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, we're back, okay? We're back. Oh, did y'all see me on TV? I definitely had my TV debut. If you know what I'm talking about, drop, drop it in the chat. Drop it in the chat. So yeah, y'all, I've been trying to figure my life out. I've been trying to figure out what's going on. And then doubt, fear, procrastination, busy. All of them cousins just kind of crept in and was like, you good. Like, you can wait. Just push it back. Just push it back. But I don't want to do that no more. I ain't pushing nothing back. It's time. Okay? It is time. I want to begin the season by sharing my story. I do this with my students every semester. My story consists of just information about me, like, you know, where I'm from. And it's ultimately like a way for my students to get to know me and for me to also get to know them. But with these activities, I share my story about how I moved to New York and what ultimately landed me standing in front of them teaching. And the word that I want to attach to it or phrase, y'all know I'm like super big on TikTok. A win is a win. Okay. I don't even know if that is still popular right now, but honey, it was like the audio trend a couple weeks ago. So I'm, I'm going to adopt it. Okay. A win is a win. And this is just going to give you some insight about when life be lifing and you feel like you're in a space that ultimately leads to like failure, discouragement, and I just want you to know that a win is a win, okay? Let, let's go. 
Let's go. And y'all, when I went to Houston for my spring break, I literally was like, you know what? Yes, I want to explore, but I also want to really dig into my podcast and I want to write scripts. So if y'all see me looking down, I'm trying to make sure I don't leave nothing out because this this was like juicy writing. Like I feel like after writing these scripts, I was like, maybe I'm feeling a little extra hydrated and healed on today. So yeah, okay, just hang there with me. So I said that I shared this story with my students and this is really a full life circle moment because I see that God planted me here in this position to not only encourage, inspire, and motivate and be there for my students and the people who I work with, but also, like, y'all, when I tell y'all, it's literally how Hydrated and Healed came about. And I know that God planted me here because there was a series of things that I needed to go through. And I don't know if I would have gotten that had I been somewhere else. I don't know. But <laughs> I went as a win. So born and raised in the 757. Yes, the best state in the United States of America, I graduated from Norfolk State University. Yes, behold the green and gold. Do not inbox me talking about, dang, you went to the wrong HBCU. No, I didn't. Okay? This ain't that. Behold. All right? I had dreams of working in mass media. I wanted to be on TV. Ultimately, I still want to be on somebody's television screen. I just sense it in my spirit that that's what I'm supposed to do. So I graduated and my mother and my grandmother and I had some aunts too. They were not a fan of me going into this career choice. I grew up in a medical background. Everybody was in the medical field in some form of fashion. And I was groomed into believing that, okay, you want to be a nurse. And then you're going to go on and become a doctor. So I wanted to be a pediatrician. And all of this changed when I transferred to Norfolk State and I was in my nursing major. My little cousin came up to me. It was Thanksgiving. And he runs up to me. and He's like, my finger is bleeding. Help. And I look at him. I look at his finger. I look at him again, I look at his finger, and I'm still confused as to why out of all of the adults in the house, you came to me. Mm. It was in that moment I realized that nursing may not be for me. I loved nursing shows, so Hawthorne was like one of my favorite shows to watch. I can't remember the other like medical shows that were out back then, but... I ultimately liked it. I like helping people. I'm a people's person. Um, when the peoples are peopling, sometimes the people don't be peopling, and then I, I don't be a human person. But when the people be peopling, I like the interaction with people. So I thought, okay, like this is this would be great. Like I get to work with people, I get to help people, and I like it. Well, when he came up to me with that bleeding finger. It was a no-go. So I changed my major to mass communications 
influenced by another aunt who always encouraged me to do that. She used to always say, listen, you don't need to be doing nursing. You need to go get a degree and you need to go find Oprah and Tyler Perry and you need to work with them. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So when I graduated, I remember at my graduation party, my family, honey, they were excited for me because I graduated from college and I want to say I was the first, I'm the first in my family to graduate college, but it was a thing. So they were super excited, but at the same time, they were not happy about my decision to move to New York. So I had a cousin and an aunt who encouraged me to go to New York and pursue my dreams. I actually went there on a school trip and that's what really set the tone. I was like, yes, I love this vibe. I love New York. I think I want to do this. And then I had a cousin who was moving there and my aunt was like, listen, if you want to do it, go. So I had six months free rent graduation present. Let me tell you right now, Auntie, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I don't think I appreciated it as much back then, but I appreciate that, okay? So I go to New York with all of this ambition, and of course, I still got my family in my ear. Oh, like, you know, she'll she'll be back. I don't know why she's going to New York. I don't know why she changed her major. She better be able to get a job. Just all this, like, ugh. And back then I didn't understand, but now I do understand that what I was doing was something that they either had no desire to do or they couldn't do because they had children at that time. Where me, I didn't have children. And I was just like, ooh, I want to go, I want to do this, and I want to try it. And ultimately they, you know, I, I... believe that my family they want the best for me they love me and they genuinely care about me um i'm just giving you some insight to where my mindset was back then when i went to new york so i was super excited and i i did feel a little hesitation because i'm like dang i don't know like can i really do this virginia new york Ah. so for a time reference and oh I have to say this I have to say thank you to my cousin my aunt and my friends who literally looked me in the face while my family was like no you don't need to go to New York and they were like you can go to New York and you're going to do fine you're going to make it so I was like cool like that's all I needed was somebody to tell me I could do it so let's go I get to New York I printed off 20 resumes okay for a time reference This was maybe a Monday or a Tuesday, and I printed off 20 resumes, and I literally walked up and down Soho. Well, by Saturday, I had landed an interview, y'all, and I had me a job. So I was working at a clothing store, Olive and Betty's, and I was already excited because I'm like, ooh, I just moved here. I got a job. My family said I wasn't going to make it. Ooh, look at this. Ow. About... Three months into the job, this guy comes in with his fiance, and something about New York, honey, they recognize when you are not from there. So I tell them I'm not from there. Um, after them probing me and asking me questions, 
I told them that I had just graduated. I had this degree, honey, and I was trying to find Oprah because I want to work in television. So he hands me his business card and tells me to email him my resume. Listen. So not only did I get a job, but I also got this connection. And it also took me a minute to email him. But once my friend and my cousin gathered me and was like, what are you nervous for? Like, send the man your email. And y'all, like, literally when I went in for what I thought was an interview, it was like a meet and greet. And I signed the paperwork. So, of course, excited. I'm like, oh, I got my first job in production. Like, oh, let's get it. So I got a job as a rights and clearances assistant, which um, is like a, well, at the time it was a small department and we worked with the legal team um, and also the producers. Basically, you're just airing the footage to make sure that it is legally cleared for airing because ain't nobody trying to get sued, okay? So I started off doing like the organizing, the releases, scanning, and then eventually, like, I kind of worked my way into, like, doing what's called a watch down. And so you're, like, actually watching the episode before um, you send it over and just to make sure that everything's good to go. It was really a cool job. Super cool. And shout out to Jay Ono because that is still my friend and I met her there. Well, about a few months, yeah, a few months into the position... There's like all these changes happening and we were already small, y'all. We had like maybe five people. And so the manager quit and then another girl quit. So it was like three of us. So in efforts to stay afloat, because now I'm no longer just scanning and organizing releases, I'm actually managing shows and there's a quick turnaround compared to a baby show where I got like plenty of time to submit everything. So of course I want to stay afloat. So I asked if I could take a computer home and work over the weekend. Well, actually I asked if I could work over the weekend. They approved it and then they gave me a laptop to take home. So I'll just say for math reference, I worked 10 hours. So I submit my paycheck, I go back to work. I'm excited because I feel like I'm gonna get some extra money for working these overtime hours. And by this time, that six months free rent, it was done. All right, so I'm super excited. So I get my paycheck and my check does not reflect all of the hours. So I'll just say it reflected five of the 10 hours that I worked. So I go to um, HR and I ask them if they could take a look at it because um, I submitted a certain amount and it wasn't reflecting. They look at it and they say, no, this is actually correct. Your contract says if you work between 40 to 45 hours, your pay rate stays the same. You actually don't get overtime until you hit 46 and up. Well, in my mind, that was some shady business. So, some ain't seem right. The math was not math thing. And being young and not taking the time to really just process what was going on, I was just like, I can't work like this. I'm going to quit. 
So I put in my two weeks notice. It was myself and another lady who had done the same thing. So I work. I'll just say that happened maybe on like a Monday or I'll just say Tuesday. I work. Friday rolls around. I get an email, myself and the other lady who put in her two weeks notice. We get an email. They say, hey, um, can you come to uh, this person's office? So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm thinking maybe they're going to talk to me about like not leaving or whatever. So I go in there. We sit down. Me and the other lady, we go in there. We sit down. They hand us folders. And they uh, opened it up and say, today will be your last day. Sign here, here, here. When you're done, return to your desk, clear it out, and you may leave the premises. So in my mind, of course, I'm playing it cool. But I'm thinking, did I just get fired? Did I just get fired? And it was my birthday. It was my birthday. So I remember feeling just like overwhelmed and I'm like, what in the world? Like what just happened? I just got my first job in production. I've gotten fired. It's my birthday. What in the world? So I can't sweat. I got to like suck it up and pull it together because I'm about to go out for my birthday and I can't let my friends know what's going on. Well, if you know me, I'm very bubbly. I'm very just like happy and upbeat unless something is wrong and then you then you know it's easy to sense so of course them being my friends they immediately sensed that something was off and they're asking well what happened what's wrong so I'm like nothing we'll talk about it later and they are not budging so I tell them what happened and I don't know what it is about whenever you're telling your story to someone and they go <gasps> like it makes it more real it pierces the soul and it pierces the um the tear ducts in your eye so honey the waterworks are flowing and i am crying on my birthday in manhattan because i ultimately feel like a failure now i was able to receive unemployment but i was not feeling it because I have a bachelor's degree. Why do I need unemployment? That's not to say that I didn't accept it. But I didn't really understand how it like how it worked. My understanding of it was like, okay, what is this? How am I able to get this? Like and ultimately I'm still hurt because I didn't got fired from this job. So I'm applying for jobs, applying, and I couldn't find anything. So ultimately, that's what led to me leaving New York because I didn't want to be irresponsible and collect debt. So I was like, let me just go and exit. Obviously, I'm not going back to Virginia because I'm not about to prove them right. So I'm going to figure it out. So I got in the car and I drove 14 hours to Tennessee so I get here and my goal was ultimately to just save up some money and then I was going to go to California to pursue media so I'm at church one day 
and I get um, like a signal from the pastor to go and talk to somebody in the building. So I go and talk to them. Well, come to find out, they are doing like a television production show. And so the lady was like, hey, go talk to her. We want her to like work on the show. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is the Lord spinning the block. going to work this out for me. So I get a job as a production assistant and I work there for about a week. So Friday rolls around. I don't know what it is about these Fridays. Friday rolls around because we're ultimately just waiting for them to send my paperwork so I can sign. So the lady calls me in and she's like, I hate that I have to do this because I really love you. Like, you are so good. So I'm like, well, what now? Like, what happened? And she received a call or email basically stating that I could not work with that company because the production company in New York was the parent company of this company. So, boom, another smack in the face, another rejection, another fear, another doubt, another dang, like, um, I just don't know, like, what to do. Maybe this is the Lord saying, don't do this. Let's do something else. And that's what I did. So, I got a job working at a nonprofit organization. Um, I was an after-school coordinator and I was also a dance teacher. And that led to me working the summer camp. So while I was working the summer camp, and shout outs to Moves and Grooves, I cannot leave these people out of my story because, <laughs> hello. So shout outs to Moves and Grooves. I worked the summer camp and I meet Miss Kenya. Shout outs to Miss Kenya. Miss Kenya says, hey, you need to apply for educational assistant positions within the school system. Because at this time, I had enrolled in school and I was working on my first master's. I needed something a little more consistent and I really just needed to make some money. So I applied for these jobs. I land an interview at a school. I get called in for a second interview and I remember getting feedback after I accepted the position. Ooh, be careful, because the principal is super strict. If you can, try to get somewhere else, because I don't know. But if you stay, I mean, you know, just do your job, be you, and you should be fine. So I'm already walking into this, like, oh my goodness, like, what in the world? I get in there. There is this super, super sweet lady who is still my friend, Tracy. Shout out to Tracy. She is showing me all the ropes, getting me set up, getting me going. And I go on my lunch break. And before I went on my lunch break, I had received a phone call. Well, the phone call was um, a principal at another school asking me to come for an interview. And y'all, I was going to go. Because I'm like, listen, I can't be here with no difficult person. Like, I just ain't got time. Uh. And I remember being on my lunch break after ending the call and telling them that I was coming to the interview. The Holy Spirit said, no, do not go, stay. And ultimately, it came back to my remembrance how when I was in school at Norfolk State and I needed to take a class. And you know how you can like rate your professor or go in to look up to see if the professor is good or bad. 
Well, it was narrowed down to like two professors and one of them didn't work with my schedule and the other one had like bad reviews. And I literally was just like, I'm gonna have to thug it out because I mean, I don't know what else to do. So I go in there and y'all like the professor was like one of my favorite professors. So that also kind of came into my spirit as I felt, you know, God just saying, stay, don't leave, boom. So I go back and after my lunch break and Tracy is just talking to me a little bit more, she's like, listen, you know, just as long as you do what's being asked of you, you'll be fine. If he comes in and you speak to him and he doesn't speak to you, don't take it personal. That's just how he is. But as long as you do what's being asked of you, you'll be fine. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to be my bubbly self. And y'all, I was speaking. I want to say sometimes he spoke and sometimes he didn't. In the beginning, I don't think he spoke as much, but then he just started speaking. I don't know. I would like to call it favor. And shout outs to Mr. Ash. Listen, this little truck is rude. Do you not see me in here trying to buy gas? Like, you had to do that right now? It's okay. I'ma roll with it. I'ma stick beside it. So yeah, shout out to Mr. Ash. Um, I complete year one and we're about to go into year two. I haven't finished school yet, so I obviously need to make a little more money. Y'all, there was an open position for a BK2. There are people literally in the lobby waiting to interview for the position. And I'm talking to my friend Tracy and I'm like, dang, I kind of think I want that job because I need to make more money. And she looked at me and she was like, girl, go in there and ask him for that job. He will give it to you. And of course, me being nervous, I'm like, ooh, I don't know, I don't know. And she was like, go in there. So after a couple of hours of her nudging me, I walk into his office and I said, hey, I think I want that job. And he said, can you count? And I looked at him and I was like, well, I have a bachelor's degree and I also have a, I'm working on a master's degree, so I think I can count. And so he laughs at me and we both laugh. And then he said, okay. And y'all like submitted the paperwork the next day, like I had been promoted. So also like kind of during this time, I had been asking all the time, like, why do we not have a dance team? When I was in high school, we had a dance team. What's going on? And he would always say, I'm very strict. And if I don't like it, you could lose your job. But in order to coach, you had to be within a specific job category. And I knew someone at the time who was like trying to get in the door. Um, and at first he just wasn't having it, was not having it. So year two into the position, I'm promoted to BK2. Dance team has been resurrected. All right. Year three, he comes in my office and he says, all right, so we're going to put you in the classroom. And I look at him and I say, what? Classroom? I don't know. Nothing about no classroom. What, what do you mean? I can't go to school. I'm not going to school for this, huh? I didn't say that, but that was in my mind. And he said, yeah, we're going to put you in the classroom. I mean, you love the kids. The kids love you. It just You just finished school, so let's do it. And I said, 
okay, because I had just finished, or I was about to finish with my first master's. And so um, he says, all right, I want you to take the English praxis. For all my teacher friends, th that praxis, ghetto, okay? All right, I, I have had my share of praxis. Immediately, no. Okay, so I take the English one. It's a no. He suggested, okay, go ahead and do sociology. I took that bad boy three times. The first time, I think I missed it by one point. The second time, I missed it by two or three points. And then the third time, th thank you, Lord. So if you a teacher taking them practice, hang in there. If I can do it, you can do it. So after I passed the practice, he also asked me, okay, well, what else do you want to teach? And I said, dance. And he said, okay. At the time, dance was not offered as a course. So he goes to the board, he gets it approved. And year five into teaching, here I am. All right, so I got to make sure I ain't leaving nothing out, honey. I got to make sure because this was juicy when I tell y'all I was right now I was like listen all right so fast forward to today when my students ask me like you know well, why are you still teaching did you give up on production I told them no because during this time I was still creating stuff so I had started like two YouTube channels and then of course I start and then I stop I start and then I stop and then here's my third time. I'm like, all right, this desire is here for a reason. So now I'm interested in figuring out why. And when I tell y'all, I have learned so much being a teacher. Like, it's not even funny. And God is not wasteful. Being on the other side, I can see that God has been working and molding. Like, he's literally been in the kitchen cooking. Okay. Okay. So let me hit you with some facts. I got to talk about what I learned, right? Because we're talking about how a win is a win and how even though I felt like a failure with production in those two companies, God was still behind the scenes working, right? Molding me and instilling lessons in me. So what did I learn? All right. Number one. Before you sign anything, you need to understand what it is that you are signing. You need to read it. And if you don't understand, you better ask questions. Had I read that contract, I would have had a deeper understanding of what I was getting myself into when I decided to work overtime. And there would have been no need for me to get an attitude thinking that this was shady business when it's in the contract. So now, honey, I read. I, mm. And if I got a question, like, I have a question. All right. Number two, it was not wise for me to quit my job knowing that I have rent, car note, car insurance, cell phone, all that stuff coming up. You really thought it was good for you to just quit? At the least, pray. And I'm going to be honest, I, I did not pray. I was literally like, I'm done. I'm done. I quit. And this is not to be confused with when God is telling you to take a jump and a leap of faith. Like, if you have prayed about it and you have 
clarity that your response is not from you and from God, boom. But for me, I did not do that. I clearly just reacted. It was like, this is what I'm going to do and it's going to be okay. All right. Number three, human rejection is the door to divine acceptance. I'm pretty sure my bishop said that. Oh, I heard it from church somewhere. So credit to them, whoever said it. In that moment when I kept getting the nose, I didn't understand it now, but where I'm at today, I stand firmly and boldly in that if that door didn't open for me, it was because God didn't want it to be open for me. And that's a hard space to kind of get to because it's like, well, why am I why am I getting rejected? And I know this for sure. When it comes to rejection God he always spins the block to be like that's why I didn't allow that to happen that's why and I'd be like oh Jesus <laughs> reject me Lord if it ain't for me reject me so when you're in those moments and you're facing all those doors slamming in your face know that God is on your side his thoughts are not your thoughts his ways are not your ways and he is ultimately cooking up something great for you. All right. Also, write your plans in pencil and allow God to do whatever. Erase, write over it in red, whatever color he want to use. Like, be open to the idea that God has a plan for your life. Right? Contrary to what we believe, we grew up thinking, okay, this is my plan. This is what I'm doing. And God, like, oh yeah, that's cute. But, like, did you even give me some wiggle room to do what I need to do? And I know that God placing me here in this teaching position was definitely God being, like, one, this season is not about you in regards to serving. There are people who need you, and I need you in this building to do that. And then, two, while you're serving, watch me work the areas in your life that need working. Because when I tell y'all, I've learned about triggers. I've learned about how to communicate effectively, how to set boundaries, how to address conflicts, how to forgive. Because, honey, you made me mad. Back in the day, you, you was getting blocked. Okay? Blocked. But I had to change that because I can't block a student. Well, I could, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> if a kid makes a mistake and does something on Monday, when they come back Tuesday, it's a new day. So address it, handle it, deal with it, do what we need to do to clean it up. And then when you come back, it's a new slate. We're not going back to what happened yesterday. And that was definitely something that I had seen growing up and something that I was beginning, or not even beginning, I was walking in that. Alright, so be open and then also, I also find it interesting that I want to work in like broadcasting and media and here I am talking to people every day and I'm presenting information. I don't know if that's all connected, I'm pretty sure it is, but I just had to say that. And then the last thing is God is not wasteful. God uses everything that we have ever experienced even when we being raggedy and we making ghetto decisions 
God be like, you know what, I'm going to stick beside you and I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to work that, work that out for you, for your good. So know that even if it was a hurtful situation, that rejection, God will flex it for you. Okay. Earlier, I mentioned how I share my story with my students, and I use a glow stick. I wish I had one because I feel like it would just make the experience so much better if you're watching on YouTube. But go with me. So I hold it up, and I say, what is this? And they say, a glow stick. And I ask them, what is the ultimate purpose of a glow stick? And they say, to shine. I say, right. But something has to happen in order for that glow stick to reach its greatest potential. And what is that? And they say, you have to break it. So I tell them to close their eyes. And I say, I want you to think of something that you feel like is ultimately breaking you. New York was that for me. When I got fired from that job, I don't even know if I'm using the term correctly, but I feel like I got fired. I felt like I was broken because... My family has basically told me that, you know, I can't make it out here and I didn't enter into this career field. That's going to be hard to find a job. And then I come to Tennessee and it's like, yo, I can't work here because that's the parent company. Like, what is happening? And I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to pay bills and work. Because I know what I want to do, but I feel like there's just roadblocks in getting there. And so after I kind of, you know, go over that and I have them, their eyes are still closed with their glow stick. And I tell them to begin to break the glow stick gently. Because <laughs> we ain't trying to have no stuff all over the flow. And then as they're breaking it, I tell them, you are the glow stick. And all of those situations are helping you to become who it is that you are supposed to be. That teacher that's getting on your nerves, the family life, the job, whatever it is. Is it fair that you're going through that? No. But you have to trust that it's all working together for your good. And you're going to be able to look back on it and see how it's launching you into your greatest potential. When I stepped foot in my school where I work now, I ultimately believed that God was like, okay. Now the real work is about to begin. This is where I need to start that. And did I give up on production and media? No. Here I am with a whole podcast, winging it, trying to figure this thing out. And I know that ultimately God is going to lead me. He's doing something. He ain't gave me all the details yet, but honey, he's doing something. But I can look back on it and see how God placed me here and I've just been excelling it's like last night took an L, but tonight I bounced back. Like what? Who comes in here and who gets promoted with every year? Literally, EA, BK2, coaching, teacher, and still coaching. Like what? who? A win is a win. A win is a win. Had you told me back then that I would be a teacher, I would have laughed in your face and been like, you lying. I know you lying. But here I am with a wealth of knowledge, with a wealth of experience, with a wealth 
of being hydrated and healed. Literally, I know that's like, wait, that's like, that's the best you could come up with. But seriously, the person who I was when I stepped foot in that front office almost eight years ago is completely different. Same body, but I operate different. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. I'm going to tell you all right now, I am nobody's perfect and nor do I want to be. But God definitely has been there. He has been working and if God is working in my favor and working on my behalf, I know that he's working for you and on your behalf. Keep going and get yourself to a space where you can look back and analyze and see, okay, dang, that was a hurtful situation, but I can see where I can learn from this and I can see where God has brought me from. Let me make sure I ain't forget that, y'all, because that was good. That was good. Oh, I also have to say how I got the YouTube channel going. I got the podcast going. My family relationships are better. The way I show up in the world is better. Honey, forgiveness and forgiving stuff. Even when I was just being raggedy, forgiving myself and forgiving the behaviors that were projected onto me. I ultimately believe that it is being rooted here that what is what jump started this so my question to you is where are you and what is it pushing you towards what can you look back and say dang i've definitely grown in this area and oh i didn't understand it then but i can look back and see okay i need to learn from this or i needed this or all of this had to happen to get me to where i am today and ultimately that is molding and shaping you for your future self. Yeah? Listen, let me take a sip. Mm. Mm. Ultimately, I want to end by saying, I want to end by saying one, trust God. Two, keep going. And three, you win either way. Because why? A win is a win. A win is a win. You can find me at Hydrated and Healed or Angel Garcelle on Instagram. If you're listening by way of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that, all of that. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'll see y'all next time. And that's on who? Hydrated and healed.